Close Horse is brought to you with support from the following sustainable brands. Selena Sanders, a social impact brand that specializes in upcycled clothing using only reclaimed vintage or thrifted materials from tea towels, linens, blankets, and quilts. Sustainably crafted in Los Angeles, each piece is designed to last in one's closet for generations to come. Maximum style, minimal carbon footprint. Picnic wear, a slow fashion brand made by hand in New York City from vintage and dead stock textiles. Picnic wear strives for minimal waste, but maximum authenticity. Future vintage over future garbage. Find Picnic wear on Instagram at Picnic wear, and that's wear, W-E-A-R, and at www.picnicwear.com. No flight back vintage, bringing fun new life to old things always using recycled and secondhand materials to make dope-ass shit for dope-ass people. See more on Instagram at NoFlightBackVintage. Shift clothing out of beautiful Astoria, Oregon, with a focus on natural fibers, simple hardworking designs, and putting fat people first. Discover more at ShiftWheeler.com. Late to the party, creating one-of-a-kind statement clothing from vintage, salvaged, and thrifted textiles. They hope to tap into the dreamy memories we all hold. Floral curtains, a childhood dress, the wallpaper in your best friend's rec room. All while creating modern, sustainable garments that you'll love wearing and have for years to come. Late to the party is passionate about celebrating and preserving textiles, the memories they hold, and the stories they have yet to tell. Check them out on Instagram at Late to the Party People. Vino Vintage, based just outside of LA. We love the hunt of shopping secondhand because you never know what you might find. Catch us at flea markets around Southern California by following us on Instagram at vino.vintage so you don't miss our next event. Old Flame Mending helps you keep your clothes intact through clothing repair, visible mending, and tailoring. Through extending the life of textiles, Old Flame Mending makes your pieces not only wearable and functional again, but also unique and beautiful. This mending duo is based in Pittsburgh, but they take mail-in mending orders from anywhere in the U.S. For more information, visit them at oldflamemending.com or follow them on Instagram at oldflamemending. Gabriella Antonis is a visual artist and an ethical trade fashion designer. But Gabriella is also a radical feminist micro-business. She's the one-woman band trying to help you understand why slow fashion is what the earth needs. The one-woman band to help you build your own brand. She can take your fashion line from just a concept and do your sketches, pattern making, grading, sourcing, cutting, and sewing. The second option is for those who aren't trying to start a business and who just want ethical garments. Gabriella Antonis will create custom made-to-measure garments just for you. Her goal is to help help one person of any size at a time, including beyond size 40. To inquire about this serendipitous intersectional offering of either concept, DM her on Instagram to book a consultation. Please follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Gabriella Antonis. Dylan Page is an online clothing and lifestyle brand based out of St. Louis, Missouri. Our products are chosen with intention for the conscious community. Everything we carry is animal-friendly, ethically made, sustainably sourced, and cruelty-free. Dylan Page is for those who never stop questioning where something comes from. We know that personal experience dictates what's sustainable for you, and we are here to help guide and support you to make choices that fit your needs. Check us out at dylanpage.com and find us on Instagram at dylanpagelifeandstyle.
Salt Hats, purveyors of truly sustainable hats, hand-blocked, sewn, and embellished in Detroit, Michigan. Find us on Instagram at Salt Hats. Karen Kinney Studio. Located in western Massachusetts, Karen specializes in handcrafted earrings from found, upcycled, and repurposed fabrics, as well as other eco-friendly curios, all with a hint of nostalgia, a dollop of whimsy, a dash of color, and 100% fun. Karen is an artist slash designer who believes the materials we use matter. See more on Instagram at Karen Kinney Studio or online at www.cKinney.com. Gentle Vibes Vintage. We are purveyors of polyester and psychedelic relics. We encourage experimentation and play not only in your wardrobe, but in your home too. We have thousands of killer vintage pieces ready for their next adventure. See them all on Instagram at Gentle Vibes Vintage. Thumbprint is Detroit's only fair trade marketplace located in the historic Eastern Market. Our small business specializes in products handmade by empowered women in South Africa, making a living wage creating things they love like hand-painted candles and ceramics. We also carry a curated assortment of sustainable and natural locally made goods. Thumbprint is a great gift destination for both the special people in your life and for yourself. Browse our online store at thumbprintdetroit.com and find us on Instagram at thumbprintdetroit. Blank Cass, or Blanket Coats by Cass, is focused on restoring, renewing, and reviving the history held within vintage and heirloom textiles. By embodying the love, craft, and energy that is original to each vintage textile as I transfer it into a new garment, I hope we can reteach ourselves to care for and mend what we have and make it last. Blank Cass lives on Instagram at blank underscore Cass, and a website will be launched soon at blankcass.com. Located in Whistler, Canada, Velvet Underground is a velvet jungle full of vintage and secondhand clothing, plants, a vegan cafe, and lots of rad products from other small sustainable businesses. Our mission is to create a brand and community dedicated to promoting self-expression, as well as educating and inspiring a more sustainable and conscious lifestyle, both for the people and the planet. Find us on Instagram at shop underscore velvet underground or online at www.shopvelvetunderground.com. St. Evans is a New York City-based vintage shop that is dedicated to bringing you those special pieces you'll reach for again and again. More than just a store, St. Evans is dedicated to sharing the stories and history behind the garments. 10% of all sales are donated to a different charitable organization each month. For the month of May, St. Evans is supporting Labor Behind the Label, an anti-sweatshop campaign working to improve conditions and empower workers in the global garment industry. New Vintage is released every Thursday at wearstevens.com with previews of new pieces and more brought to you on Instagram at wear underscore st dot evens. That's where St. Evans. Country Feedback is a mom and pop record shop in Tarboro, North Carolina. They specialize in used rock, country, and soul and offer affordable vintage clothing and housewares. Do you have used records you want to sell? 
Country Feedback wants to buy them. Find us on Instagram at Country Feedback Vintage and Vinyl or head down east and visit our brick and mortar. All are welcome at this inclusive and family-friendly record shop in the country. Welcome to Close Horse, the podcast that still just doesn't completely 100% understand candy undergarments. Yeah, I just, I, I get it, guys, okay, but I don't get it. <laughs> I'm your host, Amanda, and this is episode 82. And my hope is that I can record this introduction without my neighbor's rooster interrupting because my neighbor's rooster is off the chain today, uh, really likes getting up on the fence and crowing practically into my window. So anyway, if you hear a rooster, it's just more authenticity, right? For that cottage core life. Anyway, uh, I have an absolute treat for you in this episode. And that is that Meredith, you all know her, she's a regular around here. If you're one of those completionists who's listened to all the episodes thus far, then you recognize Meredith not only from several phone calls into the podcast, but she did a couple episodes about fit in the fashion industry way back in the day. I recorded those episodes when I was still living in Philadelphia and recording this podcast across from my bed. And there were no roosters by the window. What a what a terrible time to be alive, a roosterless existence. Anyway, she's back today and we are going to break down a brand we've been wanting to talk about for a while, Spencer's, aka Spencer's Gifts. See also Spirit of Halloween. See also at most malls. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with Spencer's, Well, first off, I suggest that before you listen to this episode, you take a stroll over to their website. It is spencersonline.com just to get a feel for the kind of product they sell. And I also, I found this amazing brand summary. I can't figure out if they wrote it or a a financial reporter wrote it, but here's what they have to say. Quote, The teen and young adult years are peppered with trips to mall-based Spencer gifts for lava lamps, beer pong tables, black lights, posters, rubber vomit, and fuzzy dice. Its novelty and pop culture products include apparel, jewelry, decor, and seasonal items, including Halloween merchandise. Spencer's operates more than 640 shops in the U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico, as well as 1,100-plus seasonal Spirit of Halloween locations nationwide. And I'll tell you that this dazzling description does leave out a major part of the Spencer's story, and that is their wild array of, quote, adult gifts, adult novelties, and adult toys. Sometimes I like to think that adult toys are actually iPhones and drones and all kinds of other like technological gadgets, but I have to remember that at its core, there is one specific category we're speaking to when we talk about adult toys. And we're going to be digging into that a lot in this episode, so you probably won't want to listen to this around little ears. It's 
gets a little racy. I think this is our raciest, sexiest episode yet. You're probably wondering why we're devoting a whole episode to Spencer's, but honestly, it feels right to me because when you dig into this story, you learn a lot about consumerism gone awry and it forces you to really look at, think about some of our weird 21st century shopping habits. This is a long convo, so let's just jump right into it. There you go. Okay. So Meredith, you're back. Uh, do you want to remind everybody of who you are? Of course. Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, it's good to have this microphone back. Uh, it definitely has traveled uh, a lot of places. The The box is a little uh, worse for wear these days. But <laughs> I was like, oh, you look a little different than you did last time. I guess I was in the early days of Close Horse, right? It was, I think, like episode mm-hmm. like twenty something. I was on, and yeah. I've made some appearances here and there over over the months. And I'm so excited to be back. And we have some fun topics that we're going to cover today, for sure. I mean, there's something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while, and we're finally going to do it today. And that is Spencer's. <laughs> oh, some of yes. you might know it as Spencer's Gifts. I will tell you in my research. I found that the company has not been going by Spencer's Gifts for quite a while, but in my mind, it's always been Spencer's Gifts. Of course. Right? Of course. It it's the place that you would would buy gifts at. I mean, that's really when you would go if you wanted to get your friend in middle school something a little weird but unique, you'd go to Spencer's Gifts. Wow. That sounds like a great commercial. Nowadays, based <laughs> on my... Uh, I haven't been in a real Spencer's in a really long time, but based on my internet research of their website, which is rather robust, by the way, uh, I feel like it would be a lot weirder to get your middle school friend a gift from there. And we're going to get into that. Yes. But I was, there were some things on the site that were, were shocking, you know? Some things, I think most things on the site are a little a little shocking. And um, if you remember from my retail expose, uh, my COVID retail expose from a couple months ago, when my sister and I went to the Glendale Galleria, we went into Spencer's. It was the first store by the, where we parked. So we just walked in and I was like, oh my God, Spencer's, you know, uh-huh. like you, it's like seeing an old friend where you're like, I can't believe yeah. the store is still here in, in this day and age. And you walk in, I was like, this is not how I remember it to be at all, <laughs> but uh, good to see you're still alive. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I uh, definitely have to say like, I, I have really fond memories of Spencer's as a kid, as like a tween, you know, tweens weren't quite the huge market that they are now. And so you kind of take what you could get when you were at that age where you're like kind of too old for toys and too young for, I don't know, like smoking. I'm not really sure um, yeah. what the age group <laughs> does. But um, I, remember, I remember Spencer's being really cool. Like you could go in there and get like lots of posters. They had tons and tons of posters that were very cool. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of the weird like novelties that you might see on someone's desk, like the balls that would click back and forth. Or like I yep, had definitely I had something that definitely came from Spencer's. It was like a red 
magnetic base covered with all these little metal hearts that you could like sculpt into things. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. 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 I remember <laughs> the thing that's like a bunch of pins and you stick your hand in it uh-huh. and it holds uh-huh. the outline, right? Like that was the kind of stuff you could get there. Black lights and like disco yeah, Crazy ball. lights. Like yes. the, the colored lights. That it's like the ball that rotates. Yes. You know what oh, I'm talking about? Classic. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know you're at a party. That's the party Absolutely. Life. Yeah. So it was like a lot of stuff like that that was like neither adult nor childish and so mm-hmm. appealed to a lot of people. Um, but it has changed a lot as I've learned. Yes. Well, I think like it was so novel in the 90s because you couldn't find that stuff anywhere else. Like it was just this really weird conglomeration of merchandise that you couldn't, you really could not find anywhere else, which made it special. Mm-hmm. Where today, what makes me most confused as to why it still exists is like you can buy all this stuff on Amazon for very cheap or even, you know, it just do a Google search for cotton candy thong or something like that and <laughs> you can find it, <laughs> you know. But that was like, that was the appeal because I'm sure like kids that go into Spencer's now are kind of confused, like, what the hell is this? Or I hope they're not going into Spencer's because it's a little X rated. But oh, uh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, coming soon. But like, I, I think that everyone nowadays might be a little con- confused as to why Spencer's exists, but it really was a novelty and like novelty shops had a place because you couldn't find that stuff anywhere else. It was just weird stuff. It's true. It's true. Like the stuff you could buy at Spencer's, you literally could not find anywhere else, maybe in a strange catalog, but that was about it. And it was like all over the place, like, you know, gag gifts and magic tricks, mm-hmm. and greeting cards of like, with like Chippendale dancers on them. And stuff. <laughs> exactly. And there was always this corner that was the adult area. But like, mm-hmm. I will tell you based on what I remember it as when I was younger, to be fair, it's not like I was spending a lot of time in that corner. Um, yeah. It was very small for my age. No one was going to let me back there. But <laughs> I remember it being pretty innocent adult stuff, like sex dice and furry handcuffs and mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah. I mean, it has certainly changed, which we're going to talk about. And I also think that that is maybe what is driving their business right now, um, yes. keeping them relevant. But <laughs> I, th- I think like, Basically, in a pre-Hot Topic world, Spencer's mm-hmm. was Hot Topic. But now we have yep. Hot Topic, whose business has been on fire for years because Booming. it is so like pop culture influence, so novel, uh, fun for all the people of all ages. And mm-hmm. I did – I mean, we're going to talk a lot about the kind of stuff we've seen on Spencer's website. They do have a pop culture section. It's tiny and mm-hmm. not very relevant or interesting. No. No, I thought the same thing. Right? But they consider, based on the reading I was doing, Hot Topic to be like their number one competitor. And I would say if that's the case, which I just don't believe, um, I've definitely worked places where we were very delusional about who our number one competitor was. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say that if they, if Hot Topic is indeed Spencer's number one competitor, they are losing Oh, big time. So much because (laughs) there's almost like, I feel like Spencer's has become kind of like embarrassing. Like you just, if if you sent me a gift from Spencer's, I would laugh at it. But like you wouldn't buy a gift at Spencer's for most people you know, because they would be like, oh, 
Yeah, excuse me? Like, right? uh, yeah. what do you really think of me, man? Yeah, exactly. But if you bought sometimes something from Hot Topic, they'd be like, oh, cute. How did you know that I like gnomes or something, you know? <laughs> well, that's that was also interesting because when I was at the mall, Hot Topic had a line outside because it was like Disneyland and you had to wait. There's oh. wait times to get into stores, you know? Yeah. And both my sister and I saw the line for Hot Topic and we were like, what the? Because, you know... I, I think a couple years ago, I was just like, Hot Topic wasn't doing as well. And I was like, this makes sense. Like, what is the appeal of the Hot Topic these days? Mm-hmm. But now they really are doing so well. And there was such a long line out the door. And I just, I think you're totally right that Hot Topic kind of took the market share that Spencer's had with the younger kids, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really have better novelty and culturally relevant stuff that that's why they're doing so well um and i'm sure they still sell manic panic i hope so they do Uh, they do but they're much less like hot topic used to be the place where you'd buy manic panic and creepers and like rock Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna use this term in quotes heavy heavy like bold quotes punk clothing yeah goth clothing goth clothing the pants with the straps trip pants i think they're oh my god yeah all the trip nyc stuff (laughs) right so it was like very, I, I don't know. It was like subculture-y, I guess. Mm-hmm, but now yeah. it's like super pop culture focused. And I actually read this article in the New York Times, I want to say last year, that talked about how their business is better than ever. And if you go into a store, you often will see generations of people shopping wow. in there because there's something <laughs> for everyone. Who would have thought, man? Uh, (laughs) I will just add, it's all stuff you don't need, but that's up to you. Um, (laughs) So, okay. But let's go back to Spencer's. Yeah. Do you remember something specific that you bought there as a kid that you really loved? I can only remember one thing because as I, I, I mentioned in our notes, my mom, you know, if I, if my mom took me to the mall, we were not going in Spencer's. They're absolutely not. (laughs) Spencer's and Hot Topic, Mary P., was like, this is not a store that I want you shopping in. So <laughs> it wasn't until, you know, we got dropped off at the mall and we would kind of cruise the mall and do the mall thing as teenagers that I was actually able to go into Spencer's. And of course, like being quote unquote banned from it just made me want to go in there even more. Of course. <laughs> but I, I remember my aunt um taking my sister and I to the mall and we bought she bought us to share because you know that works with like tween girls um a lava lamp it was a black it had like a black stand and green lava on the inside and I loved it oh my goodness I loved it I loved it so much and then I think there I also got like a small handheld like it it's probably like three inches by three inches like a little book on hippies of the 1970s <laughs> <laughs> wow this actually sounds like really cool right like once yeah again, spencer's was cooler i swear i swear it was fun it was more like you know on the nose and just kind of like fun random crap that like brought a smile to your face and not <laughs> made you blush which i think it would do more so now yeah. Well, how about yeah. you? What did you get from Spencer's? I mean, like I said, I had that thing with the magnetic heart stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember one time buying a pack of like, it was like, you know, prank gum that was supposed to be like pepper flavored. <laughs> and really, you know, like, yeah. I was thinking of this episode of The Simpsons where Bart gets those like 
growing dinosaur capsules and he has this vision that he's going to like shoot it with the hose and this huge <laughs> dinosaur is going to appear and like pick up Lisa in his mouth and like <laughs> he actually does it and you know it's like the size of his hand and it just like falls over and washes away and yeah. in my mind I was like I'm going to prank people so hard with this gum like people are going to never be the same like nope. <laughs> they don't know what's coming they don't know this is going to change everyone's lives they'll never chew gum again <laughs> and I offer it to my grandma who takes it and chews it. And I'm like, how you feeling right now? What's going on now? And she's like, yeah, I think this gum is stale. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, so uh, don't, don't fall for that scam. But I also okay. remember for some reason, my best friend in ninth grade, well, I mean, my best friend for a long time in growing up, Laura Curley, uh, she and I had this idea that we really wanted to get condoms, even though <laughs> – Real talk, no one wanted to have sex with us, and we were not interested in having sex with anybody. We were definitely not ready for that. We were major right. bloomers. Uh, of course. We, we were, like, weird, nerdy girls. But we were like, we want to have them just to, like, feel cool. You know, you never know. To impress our friends, mostly, honestly. Of course. So we decided that we would buy them at Spencer's, um, <laughs> which is, Legit. like – yeah, Def can give you like an STD or get you pregnant mm-hmm. like, immediately, yeah. right? Um, and we bought these condoms that came like wrapped as gold coins, and we oh, thought God. they were really, really cool. And we like gave some to some of our friends. And listen, I don't know if this is true or not, but we did have one friend. Her name was Trisha, and she had a boyfriend who was a year older than us, and they definitely had sex all the time if she was really <laughs> believed. And uh, she said that they were too small for her boyfriend. Oh, that's just too bad. <laughs> you mean they didn't make extended sizes in the gold coin condoms? This is such a letdown. From Spencer's. I know, real letdown. <laughs> anyway, they were never used. I can assure you that it was. they were long expired before we actually yes. used them. Um, but we felt very cool. And so mm, I, yeah. guess, I guess you could say, like, I knew that there was some s- sex stuff at Spencer's, but, like, not useful sex stuff. Not, like, legit right. stuff that, like, people who were into sex things would buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you just, like, would walk back there and just giggle, you know? It was just like, oh, can you believe it? There's, like, kind of a half-naked person on this package. Oh. <laughs> you know? It was like... Yeah, yeah. It's very innocent, but, you know, it was always like, okay, I'm not supposed to be looking at this stuff, but it's here. So Dylan works at the Goodwill, and apparently the Goodwill receives a massive volume of all these weird sex novelties from Spencer oh that aren't <laughs> really useful for actual sex acts, but have been purchased nonetheless. Ew. And oh, they, God. I know. And so they can't sell them. So they get tons of like furry handcuffs and sex dice mm-hmm. and all the other weird sex and drinking games that you can get, I guess, still at Spencer's. I don't think these okay. are vintage. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, although uh, I was informed that the sex dice, which I remember seeing at Spencer's as a kid and being oh, yeah. confused by, for those of you who don't know, it's like a set of dice that have things like butt and lick. Butt <laughs> lick. <laughs> I like how it just went there um, on them and you roll them. And I guess like maybe one dice has a verb on it and the other one has nouns. And then you like, I, I have no idea. Anyway, I was informed that they are printed with comic sans. <laughs> 
Ah, of course. Of, of course. course. Nothing better. For added vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well let's let's talk about this company. So I know you yeah. you have some info here. So why don't you tell us about the history? Yeah, I think we gotta go way back in time here. Um, before <laughs> I was shocked, actually. the sex dice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when sex dice were just a glimmer in your grandmother's eye. That's Great right. That's eye. right. Yeah. Great grandmother. It, you know, I, I wouldn't associate uh, Spencer's with World War II, no! but, um, <laughs> you know, they are related. So uh, the founder, his name was Max Spencer Adler, and his brother Harry also helped him start the business. And it was after he got back from war, you know, he, I think, did a lot of stuff over in Germany and he came back and was like, all right, it's time to kick it up. Let's go capitalism. Let's make things. (laughs) So he was, that's exactly what he said verbatim. That's actually a quote. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And he was like, have you ever like thought about inventing some dice that will help people? Some sex (laughs) dice? dice. He was like, this is what the post-World War II world needs this would have prevented the war exactly yeah i mean listen he you know those servicemen they're overseas for a long time you know (laughs) they have needs and uh the sex dice was definitely something that came up in conversation you know when Mm -hmm. they weren't in battle yeah or maybe while they were in battle and they were like it will have comic sans it will have comic it's comic sans Probably not invented yet, but it will be. It will be. And it will be on these dice. <laughs> it's the only way <laughs> like, they work. It's the only way. You can't do it with Times New Robin. It doesn't. Uh, hell no. <laughs> Ariel? Oh, Get out of no, here. Oh, no. <laughs> Get out of here. Sans serif. Uh, I'm pretty sure everyone that served in World War II is like rolling over in their graves listening to me um, explain uh, this journey that Max went on. But, uh, you know, he did good things for the country. And when he came back, he was ready to cash in. So people, and this like really got me thinking, and this makes sense. There really weren't was no shopping for non-essential items in the war, Mm -hmm. during the war, and before the war, because people just did not have the money to do so. And frivolous things were not commonplace whatsoever. So we got back from war. Everything was great. We won. Woohoo. People started having babies and buying things. And it was just kind of this pendulum swing from being under so many restrictions Uh, and rations during the war to not having that. And I think everyone just, you know, it's just like the pendulum swings in many other ways and has, has done that and will continue to do in our history culturally. This was a major swing in the other direction where people just wanted to have a good time. They wanted to relax. They wanted to enjoy themselves. And it was, it was all different than it had been in the past. So this really paved the way for retail stores and catalog business, which is where Spencer started. So if you can imagine getting a Spencer's catalog <laughs> in like 1960, like it had to have blown your fucking mind. 
like the stuff in there. And, and I, I wish there was more details about other products that they sold. Yeah, they mentioned a few things here and there, but one can only imagine the randomness that found oh. its way into a Spencer's catalog. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, everything, I will say it was like really challenging to find information about Spencer's, which is wild now that we know that it dates back to World War II. Um, yes. People, people aren't writing enough about Spencer's. Um, and I'm sad that these catalogs don't exist. But one thing I did gather in my research is that, holy shit, Spencer's has sold just about everything over the years. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Name it. They've sold it. And I think, you know, you think of those random ads that you see in the newspaper or in magazines or, you know, like free magazines you would get and you would look at the ad and be like, no one would ever buy this. That's the stuff that Spencer. It's, it's true. It's true. Stuff <laughs> with no practical use. Yeah. Yes. No, it's like, you know, sometimes you get those circulars and there's like a fanny pack that can also conceal carry a gun, you know, and you're like, it's <laughs> Wait, like, you didn't buy that. I bought it. No. Um, I thought about it. I really did think about it, but I had to hold off, you know, I'm on a budget. So maybe next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my favorite thing that we found out that they sold were live mules imported from oh Mexico. My oh my so, God. I mean, I have so many, I'm so excited <laughs> this already. Yeah. I, I don't want to think too much about these poor mules and how many of them had very short lives and maybe, you know, broke free and ran away uh, <laughs> because, and you think like, you know, okay, I get this catalog. It's the fifties. And they're trying to sell me a mule for my child. Like it was, it was sold and marketed as a children's toy, essentially. You know, buy your kids a mule. It's the American way. Bobby and Ricky, here they are, just brushing the mule. I've got that lovely photo there. It's like so quintessential fifties. Like Bobby's wearing a Western shirt. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Gosh. (laughs) And it's and I quote. they try to brush their new pet's dark, coarse hair. You know, it's very exotic. And What's from Mexico? Well, yeah, dude. Like, that is just, I mean, where even is Mexico? Most people had not been there. Yeah, so to get yeah. a mule from there, big deal. And you'd think, you know, this would have been something random. No one would have bought it. You know, maybe a few people did. But who the hell would buy a mule, a live mule, uh, for their child? through a catalog. Uh, I will tell you though, uh, they were selling at one point about 40 a day, 40 mules a day. So this wasn't like a supreme novelty. I'd say that's like a pretty turn and burn. I mean, I don't know what kind of inventory they're holding on mules. Uh, I'd love to know that the the, uh, shipping time for that. Um, You know, I don't think it was Amazon next day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, what is also extra baffling is that it costs $85 for the mule, which you think like, hey, that's not that much money. But in today's money, I did the the little Google uh, equivalency, $844. Wow. What? This was like... This is an it was an investment, you know. You should yeah. have bought Bobby a live like train set instead. Like, I think he would have gotten more use out of it. But 
$800 for a mule. Plus shipping. Whatever that means. Plus shipping. Yeah, who knows? Apparently today in 2021, a mule sells for between $1,000 and $3,000. Okay, so, you know, that it hasn't gone up They hold their value. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, good to know. (laughs) Just in case Spencer's wants to do like a a retro release, maybe they will sell mules again. I don't know. Like just hearken to the (laughs) the days of yore. So, yeah, that's that's crazy. (laughs) Well, Spencer's sold just about everything, and they also they had a lot of run-ins with the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. And I have to say, as we started working on this, I started to feel like Spencer's is kind of scammy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. shocking, I know. Um, but their first run-in with the FTC was in 1962 because apparently – Spencer's was in the girdle business among them and also the mule business and got candy candy (laughs) machines and everything, everything. So they were required to pull a bunch of ads for their, they were called reduce ease girdles because they were Mm. making quote misleading statements like slims four inches without diet slims you two (gasps) sizes trims four inches off your figure Reduce four wow. inches without diet. So amazing! I'm buying it. I'm sold for four dollars and ninety eight cents. <laughs> um, and I, yes. you know, I did all of this so none of you have to. I literally read this FTC case, this ruling. Oh my god! Testimony. Of course you did. Uh, it's dry. <laughs> um, it was kind of making me laugh because, like, it, let me tell you, the FTC was pissed, okay? Spencer's was selling a lot of girdles. They also had two other lines called deducees, which I don't even understand. What mm, it, okay. Deduce means to, like, determine, so I don't know what that – and then hip-ease yeah. is an H-I-P-dash-E-Z-E. So they were – they're selling a shit ton of girdles making all these claims with all of them. And the FTC literally brought in a doctor to testify. His name is Dr. Coyne (laughs) to testify to what we all know, that one cannot lose weight from wearing a girdle. No, don't tell me that. I know. Dr. Coyne is, is quoted as saying, in fact, the wearing of the girdle will not reduce body weight. (laughs) <laughs> and like they really went for it here. And so you know, groundbreaking. So Spencer's was required to like immediately pull all this advertising, pay some fines. I don't think it made them stop selling girdles though. Like they were still no. doing girdles. Imagine if they still sold gir- girdles. Okay. This is so funny that, that this is in here because in the life magazine that had this article about the mules that Spencer's was selling, one of the ads that I saw was for a girdle in that same issue. And it was having similar claims, not sold by Spencer's, but I think it was a very common practice then. And they had like different, you know, they had one for just your thighs. If you just wanted to slim your thighs and, you know, they had the similar claims of like, it could take you down to dress sizes and they had this very happy woman on the, the, uh, in the ad, just like doing a leap in the air. You know, she's so happy to be wearing her girdle. No way. She's dying so. in pain. She can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. Her organs are smushed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Listen, she's just happy. It's not a corset. I guess so, so. She's like, know. this is so freeing. <laughs> mm, freedom. Well, In 1969, the FTC came back for Spencer's. 
This time, because apparently Spencer's was selling a lot of jewelry, which I do mm. kind of remember some jewelry there when I was a kid. Um, and sure. they were using terms like stone, birthstone, and gold to market this jewelry. But unsurprisingly, their jewelry did not contain any genuine precious or semi-precious stones. Nor was it actual 24 karat gold. It was just metal <laughs> that was painted to look gold. Of so the FTC was like, okay, you got to knock this off. You got to switch to simulated or imitation, maybe synthetic. And they kind of spelled out how and they really went granular on it. It's very boring, but they were like, here's sensors. Here's how you can tell if it's simulated or real. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> so then they, they cleaned that up. But then in 1970, so the next year, the FTC was back again. And this one is super hilarious to me because Spencer's was selling, quote, non-prescription magnifying spectacles as real prescription glasses, like as an alternative oh <laughs> to seeing an eye doctor. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> They clearly have your best interest in mind. You know, they want to save you an eye exam visit and some expensive glasses. You could just solve it yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once again, like Spencer's clearly was in the business of selling anything, anything. Well, you know, I, what? I'd love to get your opinion because I feel like I see so many ads these days on Instagram. I'm like, where's the FTC at? Oh you my know? god, like, dude! If, yes, there's sponsors for some cheap jewelry. Like, come on, FTC, let's step up your game. I need to see you up in those Instagram ads because I know most of them are bullshit. Oh my god, all the skincare stuff is full of nonsense. Let me tell you, all the diet teas <laughs> and the supplements and like. Oh, the earwax thing. I've been getting that ad. Have you have you gotten that? Is it just me? What's happening? I don't know why I keep getting <gasps> Wait, this ad. is it like, the Q-tip that's made of plastic? Or is it something it, else? No, it, it's like a it's it's like a Q-tip, but it has a camera on the end of it. And you stick what? it in your – so you can see where the wax is and like take it out. I, I I don't know what I googled to deserve because I'm getting it on Instagram and on Facebook, and I was like, you know what? Like, this is disgusting, but also like, let me get some more information on it. So I clicked on it. It was retailing for like fifteen dollars, and I'm like, I am not buying something I'm sticking in my ear for fifteen dollars. It has like a camera. Like, no, this should be way more expensive. If it actually worked, yeah. you know. Like, I'm not. This seems a little fishy. And it wasn't like five easy payments of $15. It was just $15. And so I was like, I don't know. Mm, wow. You got me. I'm not, I'm not biting that one, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a really weird one. Wow. I mean, yeah, where is the FTC on Instagram? I The stuff, the claims I see on there are so preposterous. Yeah. And like there seems to be no regulation around it. I'm not even gonna touch that like uh influencers post. That's a whole other story. Oh no. Oh God. Yes. Don't even we can't. There's not enough time for that. <laughs> I guess they're still just like really focusing on Spencer's. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I mean I would be. It's like very dangerous the stuff that they're marketing. It was interesting to read all these old cases, by the way. The FTC has a database of like every single case that it's ever had, um, but it's really <laughs> weird. It's just like it's just like Adobe files, like a PDFs for an entire year, and you have to scroll through them and find the case you're looking for. So it's like thousands of pages, and 
I saw some weird stuff. Like I saw they took Folgers coffee to court. Oh my God. Because Folgers was paying one grocery store chain a fee to include them in their spring festival of flavor. And they weren't doing that with other grocery stores. Um, I had no idea the FTC got involved in things like that. It wasn't because like, it's not really good coffee or. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I thought I was thinking, I'm going to get some drama here. I can't wait to read this. And I was really bored. <laughs> um, there was one about chinchillas that I just passed over, but it was called like, it was called like Chinchies Chinchillas Limited. Um, <laughs> I didn't read it though. I was like, it's going to make me too sad. But anyway, if you ever really want to just really be bored. That's a ticket right there. Um, it's also like, it's sort of like someone typed up all the notes and then they scanned them and uploaded them as a PDF. Yes. They're yes. a little sideways. <laughs> yeah. I. This is why you're really good at your job, Amanda, is because I saw these FTC things and I just looked at them. I was like, I'm not reading through this. <laughs> <laughs> but of course you did. I knew you were going to, but yeah. They're, they're very archaic. Yeah. They're like, you know. Like you, it's like you are going to the archives in the library, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm a lawyer now after reading all those. Like, yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah, send me your I cases. I mean, you're hired. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. So I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, like, obviously, despite all these run-ins with the law, Spencer's grew and grew, right? Yeah, they kept growing. And I think just the assortment, once again, I wish I really knew more of what they were selling, but whatever it was, it was working. Yeah. And in the 70s, it was sold to MCA, which is the Music Corporation of America. The Music Corporation <laughs> of America. <laughs> the like, the oh Music God. Corporation of America. The, yeah. the only one. That's so weird um, to me. I was shocked. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why? Like, why? I, I don't... I've no- I, I, so many questions. So many questions <laughs> here about why MCA was even interested in it, but... Uh, they are who we can credit for the growth and the expansion of the brick and mortar store. So somewhere in the 60s, uh, Spencer's before it was sold started expanding into brick and mortar and they had about 400 stores, I believe, around the time that they were sold to MCA and MCA just continued that growth. And sometime, I believe it was in the 90s, they canceled the catalog, 80s or 90s, they, they stopped the catalog finally, but it still was running uh, in tandem, which makes sense. We all loved those. Uh, I loved getting catalogs in the mail. It was always so exciting. Uh, but as, as the mall stores grew, there was no need to continue to pursue that avenue. Um, this is kind of also where we start to see a shift in the assortment itself, and start to veer towards what we've been hinting at is this more adult sex toy, sex shop kind of vibe. Um, <laughs> I think it kind of like, you know, when we, you guys covered the Victoria's Secret escapades and how the guy who founded it wanted it to be just like a quote unquote safe space for men to go and shop for lingerie. I feel like Spencer's kind of became that place where, you know, uh-huh. you could find something a little risque, but it was still Spencer's, you know, it's still like fun, neon, crazy stuff. You could still buy a lava lamp and, you know, a dildo. Um, who, who, what more could you want out of the store? <laughs> so I think it just like helped. It was like 
a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, like it, it had some risky stuff. It was in the back of the store, but you knew it was there. So you could kind of get that stuff without having to go into hustler, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's <laughs> a big part of it for sure. It's just a rhythm mall, you know, it's safe. If someone sees you there, you know. Exactly. It's just like, oh, no, I'm here to buy a, a greeting card with a Chippendale dancer on it. I'm not here to buy a dildo, but maybe I am. I don't know. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's really interesting because as Spencer's kind of encountered fewer and fewer people mm-hmm. coming they were still able to keep everything afloat and keep people interested with what they had. But of course, as we move into the 2000s, it was really hard to keep up this mystique as e-commerce grew, right? So Mm -hmm. now you could shop online, you can find anything that you wanted, kind of as I, I noted in the beginning, that excitement about finding those random things is gone now. You know, you, it's, it's sad kind of, you know, like everything I see, I'm like, Oh wow, that's been done. Or anytime you think of idea and then you Google it, you're like, Oh great. Someone already did that. Cool. Like the internet has ruined (laughs) so many things and novelty retail is definitely one of them. So, um, they've had to close quite a few stores and they're kind of hanging in there right now. They are a part of, um, they, they also own Spirit Halloween Store, which we all mm-hmm. know. They pop up in your old Circuit Cities, in your old Best Buy, <laughs> oh yes. Boys R Us, you know, wherever yes. retail is kind of having a graveyard moment. Halloween Spirit rises from the ashes. And I thought it was really interesting <laughs> that Halloween Spirit, the, the stores account for 50% of Spencer's revenue and they're only open for two months out of the year. So without that, I'm quite certain Spencer's would be dead. Um, It's just, it's incredible how much of the market share and how many people actually go to the spirit Halloween stores, you know, like I remember when they first came out, it was, you know, Halloween's my favorite holiday. So I was like, Oh my God, this is a whole store for Halloween. What could be better? (laughs) And then you walk in there and it's all like leg Avenue Halloween costumes. Yeah. So I'm like, this is not cool. This is not what I want this to be. I think the, the uh, Halloween aisle in Kmart growing up was more exciting than most of these Halloween spirit stores. But um, it, it kind of makes sense that they're together. They're definitely in the novelty sphere, but I would have to believe spirit Halloween is kind of the driver and, and what's kind of keeping Spencer's alive these days. Yeah, I mean, I have always been kind of fascinated by Spirit of Halloween for exactly the reason you said, that they pop up in these dead big box store spaces that are still dead. Like, for example, in Philly, in South Philly for a long time, it was in the old Circuit City. But then um, last year, Pier 1 closed and they moved into Pier 1 for the season, which was a a different vibe, you know? Um, Not that I went in there, but just looking at the banner hung on the Pier 1 store, it, it, (laughs) it made me a little sad. Um, yeah, their headquarters are for both Spencer's and Spirit of Halloween are actually in New Jersey, like kind of halfway between uh, Philly and like say Atlantic City. Okay. And uh, so I passed their headquarters. Not very, not much of a campus. I didn't see anybody 
pull in any pranks or dance on a stripper pole. Um, <laughs> but I know someone who works for Spirit of Halloween as a buyer. And uh, last year they were sharing on Facebook that their anxiety around the pandemic was like quadrupled because not only were they dealing with all the things that we were all dealing with, right? On top of that, if the pandemic didn't end by Halloween or restrictions weren't loosened by Halloween, this person was certain to be losing their job post-Halloween. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, And that it was just like impossible to sleep at night and that they were like considering taking medication for it and seeing a therapist because the anxiety was just so crippling. And then they disappeared from Facebook. So I never got an update. I know. I think that they were like taking some time off, which is fine. Yeah. I assume that maybe Halloween wasn't that great last year. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I hope it wasn't, you know. (laughs) I hope so too. I hope so too. As a mega fan of Halloween, I was like, guys, we just need to skip it this year. It sucks. But if we skip it this year, we can have it next year. And uh, it was like, I did see some people going to Halloween parties who are like definitely not my friends anymore. I was like, I'm done with you. But uh, (laughs) I kept thinking about that. Like here's another job and an industry that I, most of us don't think about that is like just killing someone right now, you know? Oh, totally. It's like, it's either one or the other. It's all the businesses that started up that were delivery based things where you're like, why would anyone want to get delivery? You know, and like, like a weed delivery service, obviously like some people use it, but it's expensive. But during the pandemic, I'm sure they were all laughing their asses off. Like, look at us now, bitch. Like, we're making a ton of money. And then there's other really like niche specialty things, especially things that revolve around entertainment and having fun and going places and doing things. All of that stuff is a very extensive list of industries. It's what was the alternative. There really was just this hole where you're like, well, Halloween happens every year. Like it's a fail safe, right? Like there's, there's no October without Halloween, but then the pandemic happened and all those things that were impossible became possible. So it's, it's kind of surprising. There, there's no way that companies in those industries could have been anywhere prepared for, for COVID. Oh yeah. No way. Right. I mean, who would have ever predicted that we just wouldn't have any holidays for a year, which is basically what happened. Basically, you know? yeah. <laughs> so Spencer's has the Spencer's hasn't experienced a ton of controversy over the years for their product assortment. Um, I remember a few years ago they were selling incredibly pro-Trump shirts. And they got a lot mm. of heat for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also are known for selling racist Halloween costumes. Yeah, uh, not surprising. You're right. <laughs> In 1989, the American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee mailed. This was a different time, guys. This was pre-email. Mm-hmm. They mailed thousands of pamphlets to Arab Americans across the United States to campaign against Spencer's chic and Arafat Halloween masks. Which were marketed as part of its Fright Stuff line oh of products. And I'm sure there have been so many other racist, offensive, sexist costumes over the years there, no doubt. Uh, yeah. I had totally forgotten that they sold Halloween costumes until now, um, but it makes yeah. sense. What we really need to talk about, what has been the most controversial thing at Spencer's, is the sex stuff. Wow. We know that Spirit of Halloween is paying half the bills at Spencer's, mm-hmm. right? I would say sex stuff is 
probably paying another 45% of the bills. Yes. Agreed. Because I, when I went on the website, I was like, uh, it's like 99% sex stuff here. And I was, <laughs> I'm just going to say, like, I was like, this is, and I, I have to preface this by saying I am not an expert in sex toys. Um, okay. So I'm not like the person Fair. you come to for advice on brands and stuff, but it seemed like a very legit and like well-known brand assortment in the world of sex toys. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they weren't novelties. Like they were actual, like, this is actually for use. It's not like, you know, sex dice and like pepper flavored gum. Like this is like real. It's on the up and up. It's for doing yes. sex stuff. Right. It's, it's That's all what they the call sex. It. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the link on the website is shop naughty. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I saw that. And, but yeah, there's a ton of, Real, actual sex toys, lube, lingerie, bondage stuff, all of it. And to mm-hmm. me, I was like, this is way more than I remember as a kid. Like, this wouldn't fit yes. into one corner of the store. No way. No way. No way. So apparently this has been happening kind of gradually over decades without people really picking up on it until like the late aughts. And then all of a sudden, and I don't know how, I really tried to track down where this all began. But all of a sudden around 2008 and for the next few years, people around the United States were very upset about all of the sex stuff at Spencer's. Was it surprising to you, like, when that happened? Like, I I mean, I get it, the assortment has grown, but, like, I would have expected this maybe earlier on in Spencer's yes, journey. Yes, I thought so, too. In fact, the first article that I tracked down about it, I had to use the Wayback Machine to find, and so I thought <laughs> I was going to see that this was from the 90s, and it wasn't, and that really surprised me, because the 90s was when we were all getting, like, family values and, like, religion, yes. right? No, uh-huh. 2008, which is, like, I just want to remind you that in 2008, we had hustler stores and sex tapes. Everyone was making oh, sex yeah. tapes, and, like... This was the era of like raunch culture and like Mm -hmm. everybody wanted to have a stripper pole in their house and pull their thong up out of their jeans. And I mean, you know, like Playboy shirts and stuff like that. Like Hugh Hefner had a reality show, you know? Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. And uh, it's so weird (laughs) to me that we were like, yeah, but like Spencer's is really effed. But that that is what is going on. So the first article I found was from 2008. And I really wish this video existed on the internet. It's from a it's from a <laughs> Cleveland television network, and it was called "Undercover Video Shows Kids Getting Access to Adult Toys." Dun dun dun. So News Channel Five of Cleveland conducted a hidden camera investigation that showed young children getting access to adult toys, as they called them, inside <sighs> Spencer's gift shops at multiple local malls. Okay. (laughs) Hard hitting investigations, Cleveland. So parents were complaining about this to the station. And chief investigator Dwayne Pullman. Mm, I know him. I'm from Cleveland. You know? know? Okay. Well, Dwayne Dwayne was like, (laughs) I have got this. I'm going to take care of this for you. Too much. Yeah. So he set up this hidden camera investigation and. Like I said, I wish I could see this video because (laughs) the video that they apparently showed was of a young boy buying a lollipop in the shape of, quote, a male body part. Oh, well, what body part do you think that could be? I don't know, like a foot? Mm, Yeah. Probably. Um, Yeah. Anyway, very upsetting, right? 
Kelly Hearn, a mother from Medina County, said, quote, I don't care what you've seen on TV. You have seen nothing until you walk into Spencer's because there's stuff I've never seen. For for context, um, it's Medina, uh, and that's that's where the Amish live. So uh, do the math. Well, I mean, I live where the do Amish do the live, math. so I get it. Yes. I get it. Yes, I knew you'd get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, same year, Durham, North Carolina, is also getting their panties in a bunch. Mm. This article, I, I'm, I pulled some really hot quotes from it, and it's going to be really hard <laughs> for me to read this without laughing, so just bear with me. The first one is... These parents were so fired up that they, this is the parents, actually brought us a bag full of sexual items <laughs> that they say they bought at Spencer's. So the parents went in there and gave, they bought this just to prove a point. I know. Uh, oh, or, or did they? You know? Oh, you think they shoplifted them? That would be, no, I like that. I think that they actually bought them for themselves mm, and then know. wanted to do the expose. I don't know. Well, Seems a little fishy. Carol Shepard is one of the moms. She says, quote, I went in to see for myself and it was disgusting. <laughs> uh, you got to put your, Car- your Karen voice on. For these, I know. Man. I know. She adds that she was in a local Spencer's a year and a half ago. So this was like in what, like 2006 and a half and witnessed two teens buying an oral sex enhancer. I don't even know what that means. I don't even want to know. I have no idea. I have no idea. How does Carol know what that is? I know. Carol. Carol was so offended that she confronted the clerk, which, man, what a treat it must be to work at Spencer's (sighs) and deal with this bullshit and make minimum wage. Right? She said, quote, I said, would you sell these things to young kids? And he said, oh, yeah. The only thing we can't sell them is lighter fluid. (laughs) Yes. Another mom, Laura Hall, says she got the shock of her life when she and her kids went in to buy a gag gift for her husband's birthday. She said, my 11-year-old walked up with a sex toy and asked what it was. Oh, my God. Okay, Laura, why did you take your child into Spencer's then? I don't know. I know. Yeah, seriously. Well, then, you know, the news station there in Durham is like, we're going to get, we're going to do a hidden camera investigation. This is like so <laughs> local news, right? Yes. So yes. They sent three girls ages 13 and 14 into the Spencers at Durham's Northgate Mall. The girls were armed with hidden cameras to see what they could buy. The girls checked out sexually explicit greeting cards and they played with a necklace made of beads and toy penises. <laughs> They even picked, listen. This is going to really upset you. They even oh picked up a phallic shaped cup. Oh my God. Then they went to check out the selection of vibrators and other sex toys. Which I'm just going to say, if I were 13 or 14, would have scared the shit out of me. I don't. Oh I, yeah, I could, I could not have handled that. Like, I don't want. I don't want that. Yeah. A salesperson asked if they were 18. When they answered no, she said, you can't be back there. But when she went to, when they went to check out, they had no problem buying three things that many people would consider adult items. Are you ready? Oh, tell me. A penis necklace. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> a God. A birthday card with a pop-up penis inside it. Oh, heaven forbid. And this is my favorite. Uh, a little gift called... <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> I can't even say this word. Boinkin bunnies. <laughs> the Boinkin bunnies are two toy rabbits that vibrate, moan, and simulate sex. Wow. On the box, it says for adults only and ages 18 plus. These girls were only 13 and 14. I have so many questions. Who would buy Boinkin' Bunnies? I need to know. I like. I I only have a, a snapshot in my mind of what these could possibly be. Well, I have good news for you. Uh, it appears that people are selling bo- Boinkin' Bunnies on eBay. So what Boinkin' Bunnies is, based on what I'm seeing on eBay, I'm going to put this link in the doc right now so you can open it because uh, it's not at all what I imagined. And I'm sad that it exists, actually, because it's, like, so wasteful. But it is pretty hilarious. (laughs) Um, They're kind of, like, stuffed animals that one's one's white and one's pink. And I – this is a very heteronormative set of bunnies. Um, The pink bunny has long eyelashes. I think we're supposed to believe that she's the female of this heterosexual pairing. One one might assume, yes. And, uh, yeah, they appear to – you can push the button and they will – um i don't know if you caught this but there are youtube videos oh my god Um, stop by the way these bunnies which sold according to this ebay listing sold for 50 dollars what and there's a little sign on the box that says press the button and watch them go to town oh my god it is wow appalling on the other side there is like a a drawing of Carrots and radishes arranged <laughs> to look like a, a male genitalia. Of course, naturally. Imagine spending money on this. Fifty dollars is really like that. That is incredible because it definitely does not seem like it has value over five. Ah, uh, you know, back in the days when I worked for a extremely large hipster retailer um (laughs) like early in my career like working in retail before i actually moved into buying um i would have to unpack you know all of our shipment put it out Mm -hmm. and one thing that we sold one christmas i guarantee it's from the same company we sold hundreds of these every week in one store were these humping dogs oh my god and once again like just a stuffed stuffed dog that like you press the button and he would hump and make weird noises and uh, <laughs> people would push the buttons all day and buy them. We would sell out of them all in one weekend wow. and have to get more. People would call. They would ask for the housewares department because that's where they were. That's where they were. And they would, like all housewares. Um, and they would say, do you have any more of the humping dogs in stock? I believe his name is Humphrey. Oh my God. And you'd have to be the person to say, sorry, uh, we are sold out. And they would say, do you have a waiting list for them? Wow. Um, and now I'm wondering if Boinkin' Bunnies was the same kind of situation. And that does that mean that somewhere, somewhere right now, someone says, man, I sure miss my Humphrey the Humping Dog. I think so. I wish I could go on eBay and find it. I think it's going to be one of those things that comes back. You know, you're going to be able to buy it for way more money than originally spent on it on ebay oh yeah i found one on ebay i found one on ebay humphrey the humping chihuahua toy dog brand new in box with box damage 40.99 that is a steal are you gonna buy that (sighs) 
Oh, no, just looking at it is, like, very triggering <laughs> for me. <laughs> I think it's also triggering for that dog. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, you know, we've already shown you that the East Coast and the Midwest had their panties in a bunch over Spencer's. But let me tell you, it was the whole country because I found an article from Washington State with that said, quote, the more our children are exposed to this kind of stuff, the more likely they're going to use it and do inappropriate things. Ugh, of course. That's the hard part, said one upset mother. <laughs> so all the articles I read, Spencer's Gifts had the same exact canned response to, which is what your PR team does. I get yeah. it. Spencer's Gifts told every one of these reporters that they can legally sell anything in the store and online to minors because... They're considered adult novelty products, not sex toys. Now, I would just say, based on what I see on their website now, I think that they probably crossed that line. Yes. Um, which is interesting because in 2010, going back to the Midwest, the Rapid City, South Dakota Police Department. <laughs> is, is South Dakota considered the Midwest? Uh, right? Is it? I, I don't. I, I w- okay. I would say no. Is it? Is it mid and west in the country? Yes, but I would say that sits outside of our designated region. So you, would you say maybe it's the Great Plains? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's yeah. say that. Yep, Great Plains. Okay. So anyway, the Rapid City, South Dakota Police Department went into the mall one night. <laughs> Man, I wish I would have been there to see this. Because I'm once again laughing as I pictured this going it's down. It's a raid. They, it's a was a raid. They seized all of the sex toys and related merchandise from the Spencer store at Rushmore Mall as possible evidence of the national retailer's failure to register as an adult-oriented business. Because according to the city ordinance there, stores can sell adult merchandise without being licensed as an adult retailer as long as it is not a, quote, substantial or significant portion of its stock. And you and I know Spencer's has definitely crossed that line. And that there is no, quote, emphasis on matter depicting, describing, or relating to specified <laughs> sexual activities or specified anatomical oh areas. So apparently the city attorney had been very obsessed with this for quite some time. And they had been arguing in court that Spencer's had crossed that threshold. I could not find any resolution on this did spencer's pull their sex stuff out of there permanently did they close the store did the city attorney drop the case i have no idea i could not find an update can we just talk about how much time people in south dakota must have on their hands that the <laughs> not only did the police department organize a raid but the city attorney had been working on it for months like <laughs> i know what? i know where is yeah. this place Um, And I remember from the article I read about this event that, you know, the reporter had asked the police who'd been there for several hours, just carrying out tons and tons of the stuff, said, like, are you almost done? And the police officer was like, no, we're probably going to be here all night. There's just so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. South Dakota, your tax dollars at work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... I, f- I couldn't find anything recent about the sex stuff at Spencer's, and I'm assuming people just gave up. Um, maybe it'll come back. Maybe maybe someone listening to this will be upset <laughs> and go do something about this. Um, but I did find something else that was, like, 
more present day Uh and really upsetting to me, actually, which was about Spencer's and how they were dealing with COVID, Mm. specifically how they were not protecting their employees. So ProPublica did an investigation into this. Wow. Um, And in the early days of the pandemic, think like March 2020, like that second Mm -hmm. half of March, Mm -hmm. right? Spencer's refused to close its stores, even though, once again, Spencer's is a mall store. I don't think I've ever seen one not in a mall, and I don't think it exists. Um, According to the internet, Spencer's has 600 stores. So in these 600 stores, they refused to close them, even if every other store in the mall was was closed, which was in most cases what was going on. So the mall was staying open just for Spencer's pretty much. And I mean, the other thing is like people were going there shopping, by the way. Um, like, I, I, can't. I don't know if you were aware about this, but um, sex dice, definitely a cure <laughs> for COVID. So, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, I mean, it's like it's what you need. Yeah. Like it, the CDC proved it like that's, you know, go get your sex dice now. But yeah, so they refused to close the stores, even though everything else was closed, including their number one competitor, Hot Topic. Um, employees were told on a conference call that with all the district managers that stores would remain open until malls chose to close themselves or the state or federal government mandated a closure. Wow. So at the same time, the Spencer's website had blog posts that were written in that very same time period, like in the same week, that were out of sync with what was going on (laughs) in the world, okay? They included tips for using portable toilets at music festivals. Wow. When all the music festivals had been canceled, (laughs) like straight up banned, right? Yeah. So ProPublica talked to employees who were sick. There were a lot of them who were sick. Once again, 600 stores. You know, these people are, this is a pre-mask world, mm-hmm. remember? Yep. This was like, yep. just wash your hands. The early days. Yes, yes, the early days. One, oh God, this this is upsetting to me. One of the employees said, quote, we have had multiple customers wipe their snotty noses Ew. on the backs of their hands and oh, then God. touch our t-shirts. I'm no. nauseating. No. They cough on their money and we have to take it. Spencer's is what? valuing us coming in and selling dildos and shot glasses over the health of our families. Oh, the first my thing gosh. I sold, the fr- it gets better. The first <laughs> thing I sold yesterday was a strap on. <laughs> Is this essential? Oh, God. Well, Spencer's bowed to public pressure. Sometimes you just, you know, it sucks that you have to like publicly shame some of these companies sometimes, but apparently that is just what it takes oh, with some of them. Sh- so eventually Spencer's like was so embarrassed that they gave in and they closed <laughs> their stores for like not even two weeks uh-huh. just until the, I want to say March 28th. Oh my God. That's again. like nothing. Imagine being told that your job at Spencer's Gifts, a store that sells literally not a single useful thing. No. Uh, I mean, you know, I know sex toys are useful, but like, you know, like not essential. Yes. For a short period of time, at least, right? That you are an essential worker, that you are a (laughs) frontline worker putting your health at risk so people can buy dildos and shot glasses and, you know. Right. Whatever else is in there. Yeah. You know, it's like all of the stuff that 
frontline workers have gotten like, you know, first, first up for the vaccines. And I know there's like Hollywood bowl concerts this summer that are specifically for those, um, you know, frontline workers. I think Spencer's employees should be able to dip into that because they clearly were forced against their will to operate uh, the stores and sell strap-ons in the middle of a global pandemic. So that's awesome. I know. And I was wondering a lot about that. Like, do people remember to include the Spencer's workers? Right. Do, did the Spencer's workers get hazard pay? I bet they didn't. I think we need like a hashtag for the Spencer's workers. Let's bring some justice to the table. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, once again, we think about all the workers who are treated poorly by their employers. Like we can't forget the Spencer's workers. You know, they're part no. of that too. And I think we forget about them because most of us have forgotten about Spencer's. But <laughs> Like Spencer's is definitely not the only retailer out there that was endangering their employees for no particular reason other than to like make profit. You know, I'm sure that Spencer's sales were probably pretty decent because they were the only store open in the mall. For some reason, ding dongs were at the mall and they were like, (laughs) well, I guess I'll just go here and buy something. And the sad part is that all the dumb ding-dongs that were shopping at Spencer's are clearly having a lot of sex because that's the only thing you can buy there. Um, so I just hope that we don't have a post-COVID baby boom of these of Spencer shoppers. Of ding-dongs. <laughs> yeah. It'd be the worst. Of ding-dongs who say, oh my God, it's a national state of emergency. I better get myself <laughs> to the mall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, priorities, priorities. There is something about the mall that can bring out the worst behavior in people. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. For example, here, you know, the mall food court, I think I think you could get takeout, but like I don't imagine I'm gonna like drive over there to get Cinnabon and bring it home or whatever. <laughs> but the mall food court here was like, you know, closed except for like for takeout. And they had stacked up all the chairs and tables and chained them together so no one would be tempted to eat there. And right. specifically, uh, I wish I could find these photos. They were on Reddit, on the Lancaster subreddit. Uh, someone had gone there to like pick up something that they'd ordered online, and they had to, they entered by the food court. They figured, oh, this will be an easy in and out. And it had just snowed, so you know everything was like muddy and slushy. Mm-hmm. They go yep. into the food court, and there are. 20, 30 people sitting on the floor of the food court eating their food court food. Oh, and my it's God. like disgusting and wet, and there's like salt and sludge and from everybody's boots and stuff. And they're just eating on this wet, dirty floor. God bless America. Oh, like, come <laughs> like, on, guys. Where I else know. does this happen? I know. Oh, my God. I know. Sabaro just- is not that good. I mean, real talk, Sabaro is not that good. What would you say is your favorite food court restaurant? Oh, Auntie Anne's Pretzels. Oh, I know yeah. it's not like a restaurant, but <laughs> – Oh my God, the kiosk. You could just, you could smell it from, which is probably not good. You could smell it from around the corner. Uh huh. And in my retail days, there was a kiosk. My store was on the second floor of the mall, but the kiosk was on the ground floor and it would just waft through the doors and it was irresistible. 
So I love me some Auntie Anne's. I can't even hear the phrase Auntie Anne's without salivating. Like, I'm like, yeah. It's so, it's so buttery. <laughs> oh, yes, all the butter they put. It's like basically like drenched in butter, which is why it's so delightful. And like Wetzel's Pretzels is really big out here in California. And we didn't have that uh, in Cleveland. So I definitely am a team Auntie Anne's. 100%. Well, Auntie Anne's is from here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where oh, I live. Um, they wow. recently, I think, were sold and moved to their headquarters but they had a big building oh. downtown that was like the auntie Anne's corporate headquarters oh my god pilgrimage i know <laughs> that's why i'm here really hello everyone it's meg content producer of clotheshorse.world i'm chiming in here to tease you about what's coming up next on the blog this week first we have a powerful essay from Jackie titled Unboxing the Doll Collector. Jackie writes about her experience as an adult doll collector, confronting the stigmas attached to her hobby and the environmentally unfriendly waste associated with it. Jackie challenges herself to collect consciously by focusing on secondhand dolls instead of secondhand emotions. Be sure to check out her beautifully written story on Clothesource.world. Next, we have contributor Anne Lee asking the clothes community, would you wear clothing made out of pixels? This piece broaches the modern and complex topic of how digital fashions of the future may be able to help minimize textile waste. Digital fashion as a concept challenges us to contemplate our consumption footprints, whether they are virtual or tangible. Pixelated clothing certainly has the potential to be inclusive and accessible to everyone. So check out this piece to learn a bit more about digital fashion and let us know what you think. After that, we have an outfit repeater post from yours truly, where I channel the iconic Green Lady of Brooklyn with a combination of some of my favorite closet items. Fun fact, the Green Lady and I are from the same New York City neighborhood. Check it out for some funky style info and to learn about the local makers, dear friends, and vintage sellers that I frequent to populate my wardrobe. And last, but certainly not least, we have Lydia, who speaks about how her personal style has been influenced by grief, pain, the pandemic, selling vintage, and parenthood. Lydia utilizes garments and accessories from loved ones to process loss and honor her connection to them. Stay tuned to read more about her unique and heartwarming approach to getting dressed this week on Closehearts.world. Thanks for listening, and feel free to reach out to me if you have any ideas for a blog post or if you would like to contribute. You can email me, Meg, at Closehearts.world or submissions at Closehearts.world to discuss. Bye for now. Well, we went onto the site and we, like, picked some of our favorite random things to mention, just to give you an idea of <laughs> what Spencer's has to offer these days, other than like many, many sex toys. Uh, did you know that Spencer's, at least now, targets an 18 to 24-year-old customer? Interesting. I mean, like, it kind of makes sense based on their their old assortment, you know, but I am a little shocked. It seems like a little on the young side, but maybe that's who's buying sex toys. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a good resource for this information. (laughs) It does seem like if you want to have the classic bachelorette party, that's filled with penises, Mm. uh, this Mm -hmm. is a place to go. Um, cause they had a lot and I found this crown that (laughs) 
It's so good. Okay, <laughs> I think it's supposed to say batch shit crazy, like B A C H, and then shit crazy, right? Yes. I immediately saw it and I was like, "Bach shit crazy is this like <laughs> classical music lovers? Like this is a random one." And then I was like, "Is there like a movie that's come out recently about Bach and like people have like logged on?" It took me seriously easily ninety seconds to figure out that it's batch shit crazy i think that you need to write a screenplay after this (laughs) based on that (laughs) yeah imagine that so the next thing i found uh i don't know why anybody would buy this i kind (laughs) of want to buy it uh is a a prank (sighs) pregnancy test so it's a pregnancy test that appears to be positive and it's four ninety nine, so it's very affordable. And very affordable. I was looking at it, and I noticed that it had five stars. And I was like, "Wait, you can write reviews on Spencer's dot com." Uh, <laughs> and actually, it's not Spencer's dot com; it's Spencer's Online dot com. Online, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to read the review. There's only one, and I just I have to share it. It's by someone named Charlotte. What a great prank! My 14-year-old boyfriend was very confused and scared when I showed it to him, except it made things a little more complicated when it was time to show him the actual positive pregnancy test. He didn't believe me for a while, but thank (gasps) heavens I'm 14 and was allowed to buy it. What the? Okay. There's a lot to unpack. I know. um, From this statement. I love my first takeaway is that it, it says, buy Charlotte. The 14-year-old girl. She's very yeah. big on reminding people how old she is, how old her boyfriend is. Yes. And also that they are indeed pregnant. So, are they, okay, so I'm confused. So what she's saying is, because this just doesn't seem like a great way to roll this out. Okay. I got this prank pregnancy test to show my boyfriend, which scared the shit out of him for obvious reasons. They're 14. But then later, I was like, here's a real pregnancy test that's positive. I, How close yeah. was this? Like, was it the same day? I feel like this is what a 14-year-old would do. So I, I'm not uh, too surprised. I, I The way I read it was definitely it was the same day. What a weird way to I, announce I that. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one I just have a lot of questions about, but I did do think that the fake pregnancy test is somewhat hilarious. I mean, just saying. Uh, you know, here's the thing is you could go to the 99 cent store. I'm pretty sure those ones are always haywire anyway. So just buy <laughs> one from the 99 cent store. It's the same thing and it's, it's cheaper. Yeah, save $4. Um, <laughs> have a good time. Um, the last one uh, I picked mostly because there was this guy on 90 Day Fiance who was getting catfished. And uh, if you watch this show, you know, his name is Cesar and he goes to Mexico to meet her and he comes with at least six boxes of edible panties. <laughs> yes. Um, I think they were chocolate actually. Oh, wow. He lays them all out on the bed with some flowers. Well, she never shows up. So I don't know what he did with those. That's, I, is he going to sell them like a yard sale? I have no idea. <laughs> but I was thinking about that and I found a candy bra. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which looks really uncomfortable actually yep. it's made of like you know the same candy of candy necklaces and you sort of yep. tie it around your neck and i just wondered what do you do with it i this, don't understand okay. 
Because this is this is what I always remember being at Spencer's, like the, the candy thong and the candy bra. They right. were both there, and it was just it, you know you go look at the package, you giggle a little bit, but a hundred percent like the candy bra. I see as slightly more functional than the candy thong because I don't know about you, but I would not want to, and I'm assuming someone's actually eating, eating the candy at some point. Um, I would not want to eat candy that was up someone's butt. (laughs) I do imagine you're like, well, I didn't use this. I mean, I wore it, uh, but no one ate the candy, so I'm just going <laughs> to cu- cut it off and put it in the candy bowl. Put it in a bowl. And then everybody got E. coli. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty wild party. Yeah, yeah. So what did you find on oh your perusal? This was uh, such a good idea. So thank you, first of all, for being the genesis of this uh, scavenger hunt. (laughs) It's a Um, lot. It's a lot. Let me tell you. (laughs) Um, The first thing, which, you know, it's, it's interesting hearing all of their faux pas during COVID because they do have a selection of face masks. And um, before I tell you what this item is, I would like to, um, explain the like phylum basically like the the trail of how you get to this item on their website okay um from the home page this is filed under uh pop culture okay then it's filed under festival okay and then it's filed under weed you know wow so got a whole- i i didn't see this coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you came with me on that journey. Is this like a bong um, or something? But like with like um, South Park on it or something? The item is titled Quarantine and Chill Leaf Face Gator. Okay, so let's uh, <laughs> describe this item. Uh, gators are those, um, you know, they, they go around your neck. It's basically a tube of fabric that then you can pull up over your mouth and nose. I feel like a lot of people that wear these end up not actually using them as their function, their intended function. Um, for mm-hmm. example, like everyone um, in Major League Baseball was wearing these last year during COVID and no one actually used them. Uh, they were just like really cute neck, uh, like neck handkerchiefs basically <laughs> around them. Um, but this one is emblazoned with, uh, weed leaves. Of course it's a, uh, has a black ground and there are two shades of green weed leaves and emblazoned across it is quarantine and chill. So I thought that this was just, you know, a great gift for someone in your life who loves weed, but also wants to make sure that they are safe during this pandemic. So um, it is, <laughs> it is on sale. It oh, original yeah, price. Seeing it. Wow, it's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, it's like fifty percent off. Originally twelve ninety nine, now six forty nine. There are no reviews, uh, and one size fits most. So. I also it's it's suggesting me to me too that I might enjoy purchasing an acid trip tie dye face beater. <laughs> oh, you too? Acid, yeah, acid trip uh, and one called smoking alien face gator, which is exactly hmm. what it sounds like. Um, mm-hmm. All yeah. on sale. All on sale. Lucrative, lucrative business. Um, I did want to add that uh, the 
Candy Bra had reviews. They're so disgusting. There is no way I would ever read them out loud. And I wish that (laughs) I could delete them from my brain. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. I am definitely looking those up after we are done. One of the guys is so disgusting. I can't even handle it. He's like, (laughs) if you know what I mean. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, why are you doing this on the internet? Anyway, this is a family store. It's, it's. (laughs) Someone who would do that on the internet is someone who would buy something from Spencer's and review it online. Um, I don't think I need to say anything more there. Um, that customer would probably also purchase the next item. Um, and it's it, this also is in green, so it could coordinate with your quarantine Ooh, and chill leaf face gator. Yeah. Um, it is, and I didn't even know that these existed, but um, body stockings, they're a thing. And this is, uh, the item is called a neon green convertible body stocking with straps. And when one dances onto this page, we're greeted by a young lady with star pasties, rather large boobs. Looks They look nice and perky. Yeah, the um, boobs are great. Her, bro- her boobs are great. Um, she's got a great body. Uh, she's wearing them with stiletto heeled silver boots. And, um, it basically, I mean, it's a jumpsuit. Well, we describe this as a, like a, a crocheted jumpsuit, uh, that is completely see-through of course, uh, in neon green. Um, the plot thickens as you go to the next photo on the website, it comes with straps that are removable. So if you feel like you need a little extra support for this body stocking, um, never fear. There are straps that can hold it up, you know, although I feel like this is meant to be taken off, but whatever. Uh, What do I know? The, the most confusing part of it though, is that the, the fourth photo shows the same (laughs) model, but in a long sleeve body stocking it's it's just a it's a crop top it's a long sleeve crop top i just i don't understand is it the same item do i get both of these things for the price of 24.99 inquiring minds want to know there are no further details about this item there are no um reviews uh, the, the description is go bold with this neon green convertible body stocking with straps, exclamation point with, with is large net pattern. Wow. Oh, wow. This copywriter really just going above and beyond. Is this copy and pasted from Alibaba where they purchased this? Um, (laughs) this sexy body stocking lets you mix up your lingerie style while always looking absolutely sexy. When you're in the mood to get your partner's attention, put on this body stocking and let it do the talking. It's convertible. It's a pullover style. It's nylon spandex. You should wash it by hand. It's imported. Arrives in discreet packaging. (laughs) Well, I hope it doesn't say Spencer's at all because imagine how embarrassed you would be. (laughs) Right? Um, One size fits most. Uh, Note that boots, panties, and shorts are not included. So... So many questions. I'm so sad that there are no reviews. Right? I mean, you you can't tell me that this is not a bestseller for them, okay? And it definitely stood out to me amongst the assortment of body stockings, which I also recommend you deep dive into. Um, No, I'm traumatized. The ones I'm seeing already. (laughs) 
crotchless ones. Um, got the rainbow. Uh, there's like full body ones. There's like more ones that kind of look like leotards. Really, your imagination is the limit here. So, okay, so here's what I think about this body stacking. Tell me. I think this is without any experience in this area that you can flip it upside down, cut out a hole for your head, <laughs> and the legs become your arms, and that is how it works. You're so right. Wow. It's a DIY project. But when you do that, you will no longer be able to wear it as a jumpsuit. Um, no, it becomes a crotchless jumpsuit then. Oh. Hello. Right. Just what you need. Just what everybody it's, needs. Hey, listen, it, if you need it, I get it. Like, yeah, man, if this thing looks so uncomfortable. Like I just, I'm wow. sweating just looking at it yeah, and like not yeah. in a good way. It's not because yeah. I'm hot and bothered. It's because I'm just think I'd be really hot wearing it. Yeah. You'd be really hot, Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> in both senses yes. of the word, I'm but sure. But wouldn't it be great to know that, like, let's say you wear this on Sunday all day and you overslept uh-huh. on Monday, but you still had it on and you could just, you're like, I don't have time to pick out an outfit. Just take it off, <laughs> flip it upside down, cut out a hole for your head and get to work. <laughs> Oh my God. Wow. This is just solving all my problems. I know. All your um, problems. Look no, no, look no further than Spencer's gifts. <laughs> um, well, you know, and, and when I'm oversleeping uh, in my room, there is a poster that I also will be purchasing from Spencer's. As we, we all mentioned, you know, Spencer's always had posters, much like Hot Topic, Um, and I was just really interested to see what kind of posters they were carrying these days. And I was immediately stopped, um, by this poster. The description is tattoo, pinup, Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe poster. Okay. So just, just close your eyes and and think about what that would look like. I think I have an image. We have some classic ladies, some classic American ladies, maybe in a bathing suit, um, in a pinup, pinup type pose, you know, kind of, you know, mocked up. We know that they, this photo shoot didn't happen in real life, but whatever there's Photoshop. Um, so much to my surprise, um, it was neither of those images. It is a uh, very poorly, I don't know, drawn. What? Who made this? This is on a computer. I'm not I don't sure. Know, someone named James Danger Harvey drew this. Um, yes. Who also has? There's a, a bottle of his whiskey in here as well. Um, let me let me paint this picture for you. Uh, we're gonna start with Marilyn. Uh, Marilyn is scantily clad in a bustier crop top, and I'm assuming some Daisy Dukes that are unzipped. Um, she is not sitting on a chair, but uh, appears to be in a squat propped up by this chair um, that is containing James Danger's whiskey, which m- looks like a bottle of Jack Daniels, but it is, it it is, is not. not. It's his own. Um, he makes it himself. It's his own. It's, uh, he wants to leave his mark uh, on this poster. Um, Marilyn has some ink. Okay. She's got, she's got a piece on her shoulder. She's kind of looking coy, looking right at the, the viewer. She's got a neck tattoo as well. And, um, you know, to keep it classy, she's wearing a pearl necklace. She also has a belly button ring, I think. Oh, you're so right. She does. Cause yeah. you know, 
I could totally see her doing that, you know, totally her style, um, totally her style. And she had cheated before Brittany. Um, and then behind her is, I guess, Audrey. Hepburn. Okay. Seriously, um, like what? this is not Audrey Hepburn. I, I can't know the Marilyn. You're like, yeah, I get yeah. it. Right. But yeah. the, the yeah. Audrey Hep- this could be any woman with brown hair. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I don't, maybe it's Audrey's second cousin. I'm not really sure. Um, let's do a rundown of Audrey. She has her hair done up in pinup style. Um, she's got a, a bandana. She's got a cigarette yes. hanging from her mouth. Yes. She is wearing a white t-shirt V-neck. Um, she also has a neck tattoo and several tattoos on her arms. She is wearing some uh, baggy jeans, one might assume and is something weird going on in the crotch area (laughs) what's happening in the crotch i'm not sure there's like maybe they're um true religion jeans from the early 2000s Mm. with the heavy uh heavy text stitching on the yeah i think that yeah i think you might be right what can assume maybe there's some distressing going on there on the knee and she is sitting on something i can't really tell but she is straddling Marilyn's behind. Um, they both look very uncomfortable. And oh, I'm sorry, I left this out. It is Audrey who is tattooing Marilyn while smoking like, a cigarette. While smoking a cigarette. Um, also, uh, I feel like Audrey's not wearing the right color foundation for her because there's a very mm. different color. Her neck is significantly <laughs> darker than her face. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god! That's Listen, so we've all been there. Okay, you come out uh, with the same me. foundation you've been wearing all winter, and like it's happened, right? Audrey, it's okay. It's okay, Audrey. We just you need you need a better base. Yeah, don't smoke indoors, and also, um, she looks kind of dead in the eyes. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a vacancy that I'm I'm picking up on, and it's it's really sad. Um, this does have a review. Um, I'm excited to say. <laughs> it's disappointing, it though. It's disappointing. Well, it's kind of apropos, I would say. Um, five stars. Of course. Uh, submitted by Christina four years ago. So one could assume that either they continually reorder this item or this stock has been sitting there for quite some I time. I think it's an evergreen. Yeah. It's definitely an evergreen. Um, Christina says, uh, great for auction at bike event. Oh, but you forgot the title. Woo. Woo. That's right. That's right. That's the best part. Um, here's the description for this Oh, item. my God. It's so funny. <laughs> Cover your bare walls with this awesome Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe poster. These two badass chicks will take your room from boring to fun in no time at all. Wow. Officially licensed. Are you kidding me? By whom? This it cannot be officially. No. It must be officially licensed from James Danger Harvey. <laughs> yeah. I just looked him up on Instagram and he's only got 8,000 followers. Ugh. I don't know. What a loser. Uh, but it is made in the USA and it's okay, only $8.99. Mm, deal. 
Yeah. And there's only three left in stock. So if this tantalizes you in any way, shape, or form, please log on to spencersonline.com and purchase one for yourself. You know, I had to look at the posters um, and they are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like just uh, here's some stuff they have. They have Marilyn Monroe in a bikini and also tattooed mm-hmm. with a ton of uh-huh. money. Yep. Um, a, sh- a, a poster of the Buddha that says, don't be a dick. I mean, sage words of advice. Um, a an official office poster that says that's what she said, <laughs> Michael Scott. Um, a Shroot Farms poster. Um, well, lots of office posters. Lots of mm-hmm. office posters. Lots of office and posters. And Sports Illustrated cover Camille Kostek poster. <laughs> From like when was that? Like, I'd love to know if this was like twenty years ago. I have no idea. It's oh, so sorry, twenty nineteen. It's pretty. It's pretty recent. Um, it, has, it has no reviews, sadly. Damn. It's a rough. It's a rough situation over at Spencer's, and I do wonder if perhaps business is like even worse right now, um, except for <sighs> sex toys, which I think like it makes sense to me that Spencer's could have a thriving sex toy business because, like I said. You don't have to deal with the embarrassment of like go into like the sex store and what if someone right. sees you coming in and out. Like I lived near a pretty large sex store in Portland and so I would pass by there on my bike, walking, driving all the time and I would see people coming at, in and out very clearly. Like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um and not that they should feel ashamed of that, but like I could see that if you're nervous about that, which mm-hmm. let's be honest a lot of people are. Yeah, you're not going to be comfortable going to Fantasy on Sandy. You're going to go over to the mall and go to Spencer's, where if somebody sees you in there, you could be like, "Oh, I'm just getting a, a weed gator," <laughs> you know, <laughs> or I was just here to get something else, and then I just like wandered in here, you know. Whoops! How did this fall into my car? Yeah. Oops. Yeah. I don't know how I bought all these butt plugs. <laughs> which they have they have them guys of course one can assume that some items you have to like you'd rather see in person because i'm just thinking like now with the internet too it's like you have that shield you could buy the stuff mm-hmm. online under the under the guise of online shopping but i definitely could see like here in LA, Hollywood Boulevard used to be littered with sex shops, mm-hmm, right? So, like, mm-hmm. if you wanted to buy something, you knew you were going to go in. Like, it was grimy. Like, Hollywood is much better now than it was before. But, like, back in the day, you go to Hollywood, it was disgusting. It was, it was really trashy, really dirty. And it just, there were so many sex shops. So, I could see the appeal of foregoing those stores and going into Spencer's instead in the Glendale Galleria, a little bit more copacetic, one might say. Totally. And then you can go to Target, <laughs> you know, like you yeah, can get all your exactly. <laughs> I mean the thing is though, all Spencer's stores are like filled to the gills with merchandise that like no one really needs beyond the sex stuff. Yeah. And I was thinking of the last time I went into a Spencer's, <clears throat> which was the first time I'd been in one in a really long time, was I don't know, like maybe six years ago. It was in Portland, Oregon, and I had just smoked dabs for the first time oh Um, boy (laughs) yeah I was incredibly high and like time traveling high like no concept of who I was where I was and the guy I was with uh was like let's go to the mall and go to Spencer's and I'm like that sounds amazing (laughs) we go and the thing I remember most is like product was like floor to ceiling hanging on the wall 
There were mm-hmm. displays of it. Like, there's no way that store was ADA compliant because you couldn't get a wheelchair in there, period. It was just no. so full of stuff. There was stuff hanging from the ceiling. It was a very claustrophobic feeling. And the thing is, they had so much stuff in there. Like, they had tons of backpacks that I feel like were for kids for school. Like, <laughs> like based on yeah. pop culture characters. Like, I remember there was a lot of, like, Pokemon stuff in there and mm-hmm. tons of like the office just seems to never go away. Everybody's buying stuff from the office. And then there was all the weed stuff and there was body jewelry and like candy, like movies, theater size candy. And like, like those like Funko plastic toys. And like there were yep. trading cards and blind boxes and stickers and pins. And then I guess, I don't think I went all the way to the back. I there's no way I could have handled that in my state. But, like, I guess the sex stuff was in the back. But, like, man, there was just so much stuff in that store. Yeah. But thinking back, it makes me sad that that stuff was ever made. Oh, 100%. Like, when we were in there for Christmas, they had a whole wall of ugly Christmas sweaters, oh. you know? And, like, and you just – you could tell – that all the stuff was going to go where merchandise goes to die. Like there is no way that they were a really selling much of it at all. And then B, like, it's just gotta be across all of the Spencer's locations. The amount of stuff that just goes unsold has got to be astronomical because it still is like that. Like when we were in there, like it is floor to ceiling, wall to wall, just shit. Like it's just shit you know and like it was it was a little sad because i remember as a kid going in there and just like being in awe and wonderment and just laughing and thinking everything was so silly but like as an adult you go in there and you're like good lord this is like disgusting like everything about the store is disgusting it's sad it's super sad like hot take here wouldn't be sad if spencer's closed i just don't think we need it you know no no, it's a it's a relic for sure. It's a relic of the past and you can't not just feel mass consumerism when you're in there, but also like really makes you think of how it was in the 90s cuz we were so driven to buy shit like this. Like it, the when they were mentioning how after the war Spencer started because people could actually buy things that didn't matter, like in 50 years it went from like this like, oh, wow, it's this new market to like, that's most of the stuff that's sold these days, oh. which is just like, sorry to be Debbie Downer here, but like it it really is sad when you think of, of what we've done as far as consumerism, where it was like, oh, wow, that's like this new thing to now it's just, it's, it is what it is and everyone feeds into it. So it's, it's, it's sad. Yeah. It's super depressing and they do sell clothes there that are also just like so pointless, like novelty t-shirts based on memes that are going to go to landfills and just the whole thing, everything about it is like, this is not a store that we need. Nothing there is built to last. Nothing of it has any sort of use. I guarantee there's- Or value. Yeah, right? (laughs) And no one's making a living wage that makes that stuff. I mean, it's just like the impact on the environment is just so gross to think about. I mean, the only useful thing- in a Spencer store is all the sex toys. Right. You know? So I guess it's, Mm -hmm. maybe it's good that they're going that way, but like, I feel like they still stock all this other stuff so that they can get around the laws around selling sex toys because they also wouldn't be allowed probably I'm guessing to have 
a store that just sold sex toys in a mall. I mean, no. at this point, malls should be glad to get what they can get. But I could True. see that that would that proposition would totally change their ability to have 600 mm-hmm. stores located where they yep. are. So they have to keep making all this bullshit stuff to camouflage. Yes. Totally. Totally. And I, I think also what's shocking too is the prices of everything. It's crazy like, cheap. I can't believe it. So cheap. Don't you remember? Everything was expensive. Yeah. And yeah. like the the lava lamps, like I remember that's the reason why we got one lava lamp was because and we had to share it, which like, how do you share that? I don't know. Um, luckily, my sister didn't really like it. So I got to keep it most <laughs> of the time. But um, the, like, I just remember them being really expensive or cost prohibitive. Like you can buy one for 30 bucks on Spencer's now, which like if it was $30 in the 90s, then it would be like, I don't know, $60 in today's money or something like that. So uh, they've the prices have just dropped, which just makes everything seem like, obviously it's the same stuff, but it just makes it seem so much more cheap, you know, and like tacky than it was before, just because it's also like, you know, you could just, you could go in there with 10 bucks and walk out with something random. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. It's super depressing. And it's just part of like, throwaway culture. You know, I think so much about like going back to that fucking humping dog and (laughs) the way we would sell just tons and tons of them. I remember this specifically being a like holiday shopping season where two of the biggest sellers in our store were those humping dogs and these wine glasses that were basically hold like, I don't know, a gallon of wine, like a whole bottle. Oh yeah. Both Uh of these things were so stupid so unuseful and had so much packaging involved and we would just sell just I'm clear an entire display of them in one weekend and what happened to all of that after Christmas because if someone gives you a humping dog for Christmas well I mean I'm pretending that I would be excited about it a day after that (laughs) I'd be like well this isn't interesting anymore I'm not going to pass this on to my children I'm not going to put this on display. What? You know what I mean? Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> um, you sure I guess I should have bought a bunch though and sold them for, on eBay for 40 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I just held on to them for all these years. I can actually tell you about the wine glass because I have been a recipient of that um, item actually recently. Well, it, I think it was probably a couple years ago. My mother-in-law gave me one for Christmas and the... I was, you know, I saw it, I laughed. I was like, oh God, one of these, you know? And when I opened the box, there was no styrofoam. There was nothing to prevent this giant thin glass from shattering. And so what happened in transit? It shattered. I opened up the box. It was Uh, in a million pieces. Dude, that is exactly (laughs) how they were. That's so funny. And so we would damage a ton of them out too. Because they were just like in like a clear plastic box. And they were sort of held in place with some cardboard, but that was it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's good to go. We would sell nine gajillion of those. Those and the <laughs> humping dogs. And then also bacon band-aids. That was when bacon was a thing. Anyway. It's like, oh, yes. It's just, yes, yes, yes. It's just so depressing. And I hope that we can all change our ways. You know? And, Agreed. And don't give people silly gifts like that anymore that they're not going to have a long-lasting relationship with. 
honestly, like that's why I hate giving gifts, especially around the holidays, because you're, you have this long list. It's not someone's birthday where you know it's coming up. You have time to think about it and like really think, what does this person need or what would they really like? What would they enjoy? Maybe I can get them a gift certificate to a restaurant they like. Um, at Christmas time, you just have this giant list of people mm-hmm. that you're supposed to get gifts for. And what ends up happening, you get in a time crunch, you go to a store, you buy something random that they're never going to use, but you have to get them something. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, they, you know, they got you something. So you have to go buy them something. And uh, I hate it. I, know. I-, I hate it. Because I just like... I have so much stuff already. Like I, when, when you, after Christmas or after the holidays and you just look at the pile of shit that you now have to find a place for that, you know, like half of it, it's just like, I'm not going to use any of this. So I just, that I've asked people to just not buy me things anymore because it's like, unless you're, you're like, man, I saw this or it's like from a thrift store or you, you saw this at a store months ago and we're like, this is Meredith. I have to buy it for her. You know, in that case, please go ahead. Like you have joy there and it's, it's something that you think I'd really connect with, but this like, Oh God, it's your birthday. Let me go buy you like, you know, I don't know, a pair of earrings that you don't really need or, you know, it's just like, it's just shit, man. I'm just tired of shit. Like I'm at that point where I'm just tired of shit. I don't want shit. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, I've definitely had that conversation with my family over the last few years. Like, let's just stop. You know, that's not what the holidays are about anyway. Um, Exactly. And it's been nice, you know. And this year for Christmas, I only exchanged gifts with Dylan and Dustin. And we did a completely secondhand Christmas. It was so fun. So that's great. um, And I felt like everything was really meaningful because it had been like a project for us to Mm -hmm. find the best things. So... Yeah, let's just let's just cancel Spencer's. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Spencer's. It's fun to reminisce, but we don't need you anymore. You don't. Your time is gone and I wish it had never existed. I I'm, I'm sad to say that, <laughs> but uh, that I'm holding a grudge over that pepper gum. I'm so glad that Meredith and I finally had a chance to break down Spencer's. We've been talking about it for months, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Meredith will be back in our next episode, where we'll be talking about what it's like to experience layoffs in the fashion industry. And I'll also be sharing more of your work stories. So it's not too late to share your work stories, especially if they're about retail, because I really want to do a whole roundup of retail stories. You can share them via email, the Close Horse Hotline, or by recording a voice memo on your phone or computer and sending it to me. And of course, you can be anonymous. Just tell me that's what you want and I will ensure that your identity is protected. All the contact info for sharing your stories is in the show notes. Before we wrap things up here, I just want to reiterate what Meredith and I talked about there at the end. According to the internet, in a pre-pandemic world, Spencer's did about $500 million in sales each year, which obviously is a boatload of money. About half of that came from Spirit of Halloween sales. And I don't need to tell you that a big chunk of the stuff purchased from Spirit of Halloween 
ends up in a landfill before Thanksgiving. And some digging around that I did indicated that on average, Americans alone spend about $8 billion on Halloween stuff each year. Most of it's plastic. It's definitely not biodegradable. And to be honest, that stuff costs the customers a decent chunk of change. Those costumes from Spirit of Halloween alone, they're all like 60 bucks, I swear, and you can only get one wear out of them. That's disgusting, right? The junky novelties that Spencer sells or any of these other stores, from humping dogs to wine glasses to bacon band-aids to whatever other nonsense based on a meme is being sold to us this year, that stuff's not much different. And it's terrifying to imagine a world in which one company is selling $500 million worth of future garbage. No, near future garbage. No, extremely near future garbage every year. And that's just one company, right? Going back to that idea of at Halloween alone, Americans spending $8 billion on costumes, decorations, and candy. And I've been thinking a lot about how we've gotten into these dangerous habits around gift giving and holidays, from plastic Easter grass, to wasteful joke gifts, to disposable Halloween costumes. You know, every thrift store I visit out here in Lancaster County has a massive Christmas section year round with a secondary, slightly smaller Easter section year round. So many decorations bought and tossed at a rapid clip. And I think I think this is a great time for us to start revisiting these habits and traditions and create new ways of participating that are less wasteful and destructive, but still meaningful and special. I'm already thinking, actually, thanks to this Spencer's episode in particular, that I want to do a series of segments of sustainable secondhand first Halloween ideas, along with all of the other fall winter holidays. So stay tuned for that because I'm definitely going to be asking all of you to share your ideas with the rest of the community. This is a great time right now here in 2021 even if you're listening to this somehow in 2022, it's still going to be super relevant. This is a great time with everything that the world has experienced in the last year or two to say, you know what? Yes, we've been doing it this way for a long time, but that time has passed. This is a new era, a new way of doing things, perhaps even getting back to the heart of why these holidays and rituals are so meaningful to us. Because when I talk to people about, say, holiday shopping, it's less about the joy of being with loved ones or giving a gift and more about the obligation, the stress, the money, the work. I say this a lot, but we're all influencers to the people around us. And I think If those people around us see us changing up the way we give gifts, commemorate holidays, and build new memories, they will be inspired too. I love Halloween. It's always been my favorite holiday. I want to make it better. And our ideas, our way of doing things can spread so fast 
it's almost like a meme in real life, but with better intentions or some intentions in the first place. We can make things better without sacrificing the moments that bring us happiness. I really believe that. And I hope you do too. Let's get to work on that. Thanks for listening to another episode of Close Horse. If you like what you're hearing, you know what I'm going to say. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to support my work, which I would greatly appreciate, please check out patreon.com slash closehorsepodcast or consider making a one-time contribution via Venmo to at crystal underscore visions. And I just want to thank all of you as I always do and I always mean Thank you so much for all of your support so far, for listening to the podcast, for sharing our content on Instagram, for supporting financially via Venmo or Patreon, and even for when I say, hey, someone left a real asshole review on Apple Podcasts, all of you jumping in there and putting in some great reviews that push that one down. Seriously, I'm... (sighs) The last year has changed my life in so many ways, and I feel so lucky to have all of you in my life in this way. Thank you so much. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Department. That's the fun podcast. I do that with my friend Kim. And thanks as always to Justin Travis White for our music and audio support. Bye. (laughs) 